0: everybody and welcome back to the F2 show by Inside F2 with myself Fraser Ford joining me to review round number 12 of the Formula 2 season are Inside F2's Aaron Harper and Emily Sands so much for us to discuss today guys uh, shock winner uh, none of the top four in the championship scoring points plenty of incidents as well but Aaron even by F2 standards that was chaotic right and we only had one race we didn't really get a sprint race did we?
1: Yeah, the the feature race kind of made up for the lack of sprint race, although the sprint racing action we did have was pretty chaotic and wild uh in itself. So as usual, F two delivers come what may.
0: It really does, didn't it? Emily, have you managed to catch your breath after that one?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was a bit full on, wasn't it? I mean, from not really much happening on the Saturday to then Sunday being just very full on and I felt like the race was on forever because of everything that happened. But um, yeah, I think I've, I'm ready for the next round to be a little bit more calm.
0: Absolutely. Let's crack straight on with it then. Let's start with our feature race winner, Clement Novelac. Um, yeah, Emily, if you if you predicted a, a top three of Novelac, Maloney and Crawford at the start of the weekend, I would love to know what next week's lottery numbers are going to be, please.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think anybody... Probably saw that coming. Clem is one of those people that just haven't—he hasn't really done very well this year. He's only scored two points until this weekend. It was there for him, you know. It was his first career win since 2019. His first ever feature race win in Formula Two. Um, So it must have just been amazing for him to have got that chance. And you know, from 13th to first as well. And I mean, he didn't make any mistakes. He managed to keep the car on the track even when it was in the damp conditions with the cold tyres they obviously pitted him at the right time for him to jump up like 10 positions and stay there. Halfway through towards the end I feel like Maloney was trying to you know he's being told on the radio come on we need to push we need to push but he just didn't have that pace and obviously he was more worried about Crawford trying to pass him to get P2 so luckily that gave Clem a bit of a space to breathe in and to build that gap up further so that he didn't have anyone trying to take first place but yeah I think he did really well and I mean you could see what the look on his face he was just couldn't believe it when he was standing on that podium so I'm really happy that he managed to get that win
0: absolutely Aaron that was the point I was going to make to yourself that um, he dealt with the pressure very very well after the safety car restart we haven't seen him in that position obviously in Formula, F- Formula 2 or Formula 3 for that matter we haven't seen him in that position in a, a long time and he dealt with the pressure incredibly well didn't he no mistakes after the safety car restart and uh, even though I think a lot of people would have put their money on Zane Maloney perhaps winning that race from that position not immediately after he made that great move around the outside of Jack Crawford after the safety car restart but uh yeah, Novelak kept, uh, kept it on the road and uh, did
1: really well, didn't he? Yeah, it was very impressive. You know, it was, a, it was a day where it was very easy to make a mistake and end up in the barriers or just spinning around and losing a load of positions. And the pressure in, in those conditions, there is no more pressure than being the first guy on the track. Because if it starts raining again, you're more than likely to encounter it first and you won't know it's there. So how often have we seen drivers hit a rain patch and then slide off into the barriers and their, their hopes and dreams of a victory go with it so very very impressive from Clermont Novelac he kept a really cool head and he never had a moment there was no sort of shouting over the radio they didn't broadcast any of his radio I don't think until the until he crossed the finish line and it was kind of strange as well after he crossed the line because normally you see the drivers going around punching the air and they're screaming on the radio. And of course, he, he was shouting and screaming on the radio. But Formula 2 feature races are difficult to win. Massive credit to Clement like a, a thoroughly well-deserved victory.
0: Yeah, he's a pretty chilled-out guy, isn't he? I'm sure he'll be a glass of wine and feet up to uh, celebrate that victory. Uh, Or maybe a night out, who knows? Uh, But yeah, as Emily said, uh, Clement Novelak's first win since British Formula 3 in 2019 and Trident's first Formula 2 feature race win since May 2014, Barcelona, Johnny Chocotto Jr. Thank you, to Michael McClure for that stat it's been a long time coming for the Trident team Um, I want to talk a little bit about Zane Maloney and Jack Crawford Crawford even there you go um yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think for Jack Crawford, he'll be very happy with that result. Will Zane Maloney be a little bit disappointed, Emily, thinking that perhaps he could have been the one to uh, have won that race and perhaps should have been the one to have win- won that race from the position that he was in after that great move after the safety car restart?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, we got quite a few radios through of his, you know, race engineer Matt saying, come on. Now you need to put the pressure on. And that was about three times he said that to him and you could tell that he was trying. But as we saw from the top four in the championship, you make one mistake and that's it. You're in the wall. So he must have been probably focusing really hard not to make a silly mistake, but maybe I don't know. Did he have the pace that weekend or was he not confident enough to push? more to get the place in case it ended up with him in the wall. Yeah, I think, and you know, Maloney's shown that he is a very good driver. He has actually got some good results this year. And again, competing with all of the other Red Bulls, he's got to, you know, be better than Jack Crawford, who's another Red Bull junior. Um Wassa was further down, so he's cleared him already. But I am surprised, yeah, that he didn't manage to close that gap a little bit more after that overtake when the safety car had gone back in.
0: Yeah, particularly after winning an F3 around Zandvoort last season. But yeah, I think Zane Maloney is having a quietly pretty good season in my opinion. And uh, I think he'll be a potentially a championship contender next season. Let's wait and see. Um, as we said at the top, there were plenty of incidents uh, across... Across the weekend, really, weren't there? Let's talk. Uh, let's start with our championship leader, Theo Paolucci. He yeah, had uh, some cracking laps. Uh, it, yeah, to perform the overcut. Uh, obviously, came into the pits in the net race. Uh, came out of the pits even in the in the net race lead, and then bang into the wall. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, is it unfortunate, Aaron, given the conditions, or was it a driver error? What do you think? It's uh, yeah, obviously very difficult conditions out there,
1: wasn't it? It was, it was very difficult. I was writing the um, feature race report for the website after the pit stop. I wrote I was writing some of my notes down for the, for the article. And I put, these are my notes, exact wording. Porsche jumps Crawford, Hauger, Hajar, and Maloney from P5 in the pit sequence to take the lead. Dash, nope, he's crashed. It was that <laughs> unexpected. And the nope, he's crashed is in capital letters. It was absolutely just one of those things you go, What's happened? What? Why are we seeing this? And when we saw it, it was, you know, it's part drive error, it's part circumstance because no tire blankets in FIA Formula Two. Mm. You've got to generate tire temperature yourself. And that part of the track going over a crest of a hill, downhill, slightly off camber, wet, you might just caught a damp patch. You know, the compression as Alice Powell said on commentary, that can upset the balance of the car. Yeah, he was on a one way ticket to the barrier then and it's unfortunate, it's it's a surprise as well, because Teo's not made too many mistakes this season. I mean, the glaring one was probably Jeddah where he outbreaked himself and took out Oli Behrman with him. But since then he's been pretty squeaky clean. And Vesti's had a bit of a mess in the last couple of races, so it was a big opportunity for Porsche to claim a second feature race victory, only a second feature race victory. And it somehow got away from him, but that—that's racing. Unfortunately, it—it it can be looking like it's going to swing your way one second, and then bang, you're in the barrier, and it's all got away from you. Which, you know, taking Porsche's incident into consideration, this is why Novelax victory is all the more impressive because it really was just that easy to make a mistake. Put one wheel a millimeter, two millimeters off the dryish line and bang, you're out of the race. So for Porsche, he'll be gutted that he's missed out on a, a feature race win, but he will be much, much more glad to see Fred Vesti with only two wheels on his wagon.
0: Absolutely. We're going to come on to Fred Vesti in a minute. Was Could you say that, I mean, Porsche's outlaps uh, was, sorry, his in even, were well, the couple of laps before uh, he pitted were brilliant. Obviously, he got the overcut and he was pushing hard so hard that he almost hit the back of Isaac Hazard in the pit lane there, didn't he? Um, but was yeah, the, the pace was clearly there. Are these the type of mistakes that... Um, you know, I, I, there are some people out there on social media, uh, as much as we can use social media as uh, uh, a reference, if you like. But there are some people who still doubt whether Terry Pocher should be heading to Formula One because of some of the mistakes that he has made. Was this an example of that, Emily? Do you think that uh, these type of mistakes are the reason that people do have doubts about him going to Formula One?
2: That's a tricky one to answer. Yes and no. Because like Aaron just said, he hasn't really made that many careless mistakes those conditions this weekend it wasn't just him that made mistakes you know as we said earlier the top four didn't score any points you know Mm awasa he made a careless mistake trying to go down the inside when he could clearly see that the track was very wet and the same with vesti obviously it wasn't his fault but he did lose two tyres and like Aaron said, I'm sure Taylor was quite pleased with that, considering he doesn't have to compete <laughs> point-wise against him. And then obviously we saw Jack Dewan as well, another one in the top four who just lost the rear and couldn't control it and went into the wall. So I think for people looking at just this weekend's incident and saying, oh, that's why he shouldn't be in Formula One because he, he can't, you know, he can't control the car. I think that's unfair to say, because if you look at it from the grand scheme of things and the season that he has had, he has been Mr. Consistent. And you could argue that he has been more consistent than Vesti because, you know, Silverstone didn't go well for Vesti. A couple of races before that didn't go well for Vesti. Obviously, his team let him down this weekend. So I think, yeah, obviously these mistakes are what the teams in F1 are going to be looking at. But I don't think it's fair to say that he doesn't deserve to be in F1 because of these tiny mistakes. You know, at the end of the day, they're still learning. They're in the junior category for a reason, you know, and they're being coached like uh, Teo is from Sauber. He's being taught all these things that he needs to know if if he did step into an F1 car.
1: Just an additional point on on, um, Porsche. Logan Sargent had a wretched weekend in Zandvoort last year in the Barrier twice, I believe. Mm -hmm. And he still ended up in Formula One this year and in the Barrier twice, unfortunately, again. But, you know, it's not the be all and end all. I think people need to have a bit more perspective about things on social media just because someone's, made a mistake i think we need to hold young drivers to a high standard for them to be in formula one because we've seen drivers reach formula one that historically aren't formula one caliber and that that's fewer and further between now of course but you know you can't just be oh yeah you made a mistake you're not ready for f1 because look at the current reigning world champion and the guy who's going to win his third world championship in a row max verstappen he made plenty of errors before he went to red bull while he was in a red bull before he won championships and he'll make errors in the future so you know, it's not just young drivers, it's world champions that we see make mistakes. The best have made them, so we need to be a bit more accommodating to these young drivers as well.
0: Absolutely. And uh, let's be honest, from a neutral's perspective, it would have been a little bit boring if Terry Pochere had uh, won the race and taken 25 points uh, out of uh, Fred Vesti, Because, uh, yeah, it keeps it nice and close, doesn't it? Uh, let's talk about Fred Vesti, obviously Terry Pochere's main championship rival. Um Let's talk about turn one itself after the safety car restart because I think, uh, you know, the wheels coming off of uh, the, the, the car obviously is nothing he can do about that. But he did make a mistake at turn one uh, when the the safe, when the, when we got started in the feature race. Uh, obviously spinning, obviously uh, Victor Martins, Ollie Behrman uh, also ended up in the gravel, bit Ollie Behrman not his fault. Um, it's the second mistake we've seen in two weekends from Fred Vesti after uh, obviously... Spin on and away to the reconnaissance lap uh, in, in, in Belgium. Uh, is is the pressure starting to build? Is that why we've seen a couple of mistakes in a couple of weekends, Aaron? And uh, I guess it's uh, probably unfair to say that uh, the wheels are coming off his championship. If, uh... No. So it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's you know, it, it, yeah, is, is the pressure starting to get to him, Aaron, on a serious note?
1: I don't think so. Those conditions are conditions where it's easy to make a mistake. And if you're just a little bit like one percent two percent too harsh on the brakes and lock the rears it, it can be the end of the race he was fortunate to keep going his pace in qualifying qualifying third was 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 great and i think do you know do you know what as well because when the when the start happened um i thought crawford and Hauger were both going off they were they were so deep into one. obviously they went round the outside and tiptoed but it's so easy to make it that mistake in those conditions yeah this one fortunate to get away with it at turn 1 and have the opportunity to recover his race but sadly that was taken away from him absolutely
0: and uh, yeah obviously the wheels falling off uh, very unusual we don't see that very often at all do we emily uh, thank goodness everyone was okay uh, after that because uh, it could have been really really dangerous but you could hear the horror in roy nasani's radio messages as they came off couldn't you it was uh, quite a scary incident emily
2: I think we should get him on on the show. He should he should come and do a podcast with us if he's (laughs) reacting like that. I mean, I think Alice Powell said on the commentary for Sky Sports that he should be up there in the commentary box with them. (laughs) But um, yeah, I mean, just if you haven't listened to that radio message, listen to it, and you can tell the shock in his voice as to what he's seeing unfold in front of him. He's like, whoa, 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 (laughs) and you know, we we saw it last year where Jack in Abu Dhabi, he was, you know, he was going to get a podium and one of his wheels fell off and it's happened in Formula One before. I mean, I'm sure it's happened in so many motorsports, but yeah, it's just unfortunate that the pit crew just didn't get both of those wheels. I I mean, I just can't, even now, I can't (laughs) quite understand how it was both back wheels. I don't get how they could have done the exact same thing wrong at the same time and to both just come off like that. But yeah, like you said, hopefully no, one, uh, luckily no one was hurt. Um, he didn't sound very happy at all on the radio, but obviously that's to be expected. Um, but again, probably from his point of view, he's probably glad that Tayo made that mistake and didn't get any points either. So, you know, in theory it worked out for both of them. But yeah, hopefully that doesn't happen again because, yeah, that was quite scary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, with the top two not scoring points, it's the perfect weekend for Ayuma, Owasa and Jack doing to capitalise. But neither of them were in contention either because they both obviously made mistakes uh, at various different points throughout the weekend. Uh, they will be kicking themselves, won't they, Aaron? And particularly, Owasa, are obviously qualifying uh, quite low down the order in qualifying.
1: Yeah, and I- I've said before on this podcast that Owasa needs to make sure his qualifying is on point, And I believe he qualified, like, 12th or something or maybe 16th uh, yeah. i remember seeing him maybe that was for the sprint race he had a penalty but
0: yeah, yeah not
1: in the top 10 and um then crashing with Kushmini uh at, at turn one the aforementioned turn one but for jack Doan off the back of two sprint, uh, two feature race victories to not even cross the line to start the race he must be having nightmares about Zandvoort because he got taken out on the banking last year behind the safety car. He's crashed out basically under the safety car again. Uh, Zandvoort's not on the calendar next year, so I think Jack Doohan will be very pleased about that and some of so Emily.
0: <laughs> yeah, Emily, obviously uh, you've been Jack Doohan's hype girl for the last uh, couple of rounds, haven't you? You we were buzzing after he took two feature race wins in a row. If he doesn't win the title... Will you look back at that mistake and think maybe that's the moment where, yeah, maybe things uh, the momentum kind of slipped, maybe?
2: No, I don't. I don't think he will look back at that and think you're laughing. I have a good reason. Um, no, I honestly don't think he'll look back and think I shouldn't have done that. Because, you know, we've been talking this whole podcast, people who spun out, lost the car. And in those moments on cold slicks as well you know, just warm, trying to warm up the tyres enough behind the safety car to get going again. The dry line was kind of there, then it started raining and it wasn't there, then it come back again. Like Aaron said earlier, if you're just a millimetre or two over that wet line when you're in a braking zone, that's it. You've, you have you know, you're going to find yourself in the wall. And he said that he felt, you know, he got some wheel spin and he just wasn't able to correct it due to the track being slippery. So I don't think he's going to look back this weekend and think, oh, my God, like, you know, I should not have done that. That's so careless of me. Like, if I hadn't done that, then I would have been at the top. I mean, obviously, he's going to think, yeah, if that hadn't have happened. But it's always a what if, you know, things happen in Formula Two. (laughs) They they can change at any moment. And we've been saying this whole you know this whole season oh so and so might get the championship and then the next week it completely changes and we're all wrong and we look stupid so i don't think he'll look back and think you know that was really stupid of me i think he'll look back and think the conditions were tricky maybe there was something that i could have done but again the other three but in front of me didn't score any points and two of them made really silly mistakes as well So I don't think he's going to look back and think that's cost me the whole championship because being fourth is still quite far down. And especially when you've got people like Vesti um, and Teo who are higher up in points than him anyway. I feel like it is still, you know, a bit hard to say that he'd get the championship. He's only four points away from Iwasa now, though. So who knows? In Monza, Abu Dhabi. I'm going to try and hold hope. But at least I've broken the curse of coming on the podcast and he wins like every week. That clearly was not right because it hasn't happened again, has it?
0: <laughs> that is very true. And I was worried that you weren't going to turn up to the podcast today. Obviously, Jack do and not winning the race. So, uh, yeah, thanks for being here, Emily. appreciate your time. Um, let's yeah. talk about Ollie Behrman and Victor Martins. Obviously, uh, came together after the safety car restart during the feature race. Uh, I know there was some disagreement on our Inside F2 Discord channel about this one. Aaron, being the Ollie Behrman fanboy that we know you are, please can you give us your very unbiased opinion on the incident and, uh, yeah, who you thought was was to blame on that one? Because, uh, yeah, an interesting one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to sound terrible, but I think Victor Martins was at fault for what happened. Um, I'm not, I mean, I'm not excusing Behrman's actions at the turn one. He did, he went up to and possibly slightly beyond the limit considering the conditions because it could have been quite easy for Martins to lose control on the wet curbs and, and take both of them out. But I think the, the, the dive down the inside and the way the corner, turn three, is with the banking, because you can take such a different line, and then the way the exit profile is, and especially with like the lack of space on the outside, because the, 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 the cars on the outside are, are so high, so you have to take a much tighter line on the exit. and I don't think Martins accounted for that, and I think almost the red mist descended. And that's kind of why he ended, they ended up where they were. So I think a penalty was about fair. 10 seconds was probably a bit harsh, to be honest. Both drivers could have certainly given more space at turn one and at turn three. So both of them will have thrown away definitely a podium, I think.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, that, you know, they had the pace. They were the two drivers on the attack at that point in the race, and they really did uh, potentially throw away the opportunity for a podium. For me, Emily, it was the radio message from Victor Martins to essentially saying, well, he he did that to me, so I did it back sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, was that um, kind of shows that it was a little bit of retaliation or uh, do you think it was just, yeah, hard, hard racing between two young drivers?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're both really aggressive drivers that's just their style you know we've seen in silverstone when ollie and jack were constantly at each other for about three laps and eventually ollie made a mistake and went wide and jack was let through so we can see that ollie bearman loves getting his elbows out he loves having a little bit of a a little bit of, you know, go on, you get out of the way. This is my corner. We know that he (laughs) loves that. And Victor's exactly the same. And, you know, both being rookies, they're both trying to prove themselves. Different driver academies, so that's not like the competition that would be between the Red Bulls. But exactly, it is just uh, Ollie tried to get around him first, and then Victor thought he'd go back at him. And like Aaron said, Victor should have left him more space. I completely agree. Um, But then, yeah, them saying, like Ollie said, what the hell was he doing? And Victor, what the hell was he doing? It's just like young drivers. It's just a bit childish, isn't it? They just want to get past each other. And like you said, they both have the pace. But again, that's something they'll learn as, you know, as they develop and they get older and more experienced in Formula 2 that sometimes leaving that bit of extra space is actually, you know, beneficial to stop the other driver from driving into the wall. Luckily for Ollie, he managed you know, to get away quite lightly from that accident. It looked a lot worse when it happened. I don't know if anyone else thought that. I thought, oh God, that's it, Ollie's out. Um, so he was very lucky where he was to so just kind of slide down the wall and not really crash straight into it. But um, yeah, I think a 10 second penalty as well was a bit harsh. I would have given him five for that. Um, and on a term hindering that we've never really come across before in Formula 2.
1: <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I just point audio listeners to the YouTube video? simply so they can see emily's demonstration of getting your elbows out because that was. <laughs> <it. laughs>
2: you could say they were having a bit of argy-bargy
1: there we go yeah, there, there it is, it is. <laughs>
0: unbelievable you can actually watch the video on spotify now these days so uh if you are watching on spotify get your sorry listening on spotify get your phone out your pocket and just rewind that so you can see emily's uh little I'm little motion
2: I'm promotional that's what i am that's why you have me exactly
0: here. that you will not be disappointed okay <laughs> uh, let's rewind to saturday uh, unfortunately we only had a two lap sprint race which was uh won by isaac Hajar. and again for audio listeners i'm uh, yeah really quoting one there um slightly loose uh yeah uh, aaron we were speaking pre-show weren't we about why that counts as a win in formula two because uh, there was uh, i was initially under the impression it wouldn't necessarily count as a win so uh yeah talk us through that and uh, obviously Isaac Hadjar's first win in Formula 2 I'm sure he wouldn't want it to be in those circumstances but uh, he uh, he's, he's got a win under, under his belt
1: yeah a win's a win however they come so uh he won't be complaining about that he's had a bit of a tricky season to be fair Isaac Hadjar so for him to have a victory under his belt is is good so the way I could sort of understand it and to make it as simple as possible um I think they they don't award points because there was no, well, there wasn't two laps completed under green flag running. But because I think they've achieved two laps or something, however they've achieved them, so in this case, behind the safety car and not the formation laps to the grid, they can award like a a win for the record books. I I may be a little bit away from the point there. There and There may need to be some tidying up on that, but that's my understanding. So I think that is what's happened. And that would kind of make sense. But for Hadjar, you know, capitalise on being on reverse reverse grid pole position and uh, make sure you win the race. And considering those conditions, like I said earlier, first man down to turn one could have been first one in the barrier. So, you know, credit to him for keeping it on the track and doing a decent job there. But he didn't have much to deal with because the race was soon curtailed.
0: Definitely. Very unfortunate for Poor Porcher as well, obviously not starting that race. Not that it mattered anyway for him in terms of points tally. Um, yeah, incredibly difficult conditions, Emily, demonstrated by the incident involving Cushmeney, uh, Jack Crawford and Ralph Boshong. Uh, yeah, I guess your thoughts on that incident and uh, yeah, whether it was the right decision to uh, stop the race, which I'm assuming you're going to say, yes, it was the right decision.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I was you know when you're watching formula two and you're like yeah cool first race yeah cool first lap oh yeah there's the accident i was like waiting (laughs) for it to happen because like you said they shouldn't they shouldn't have started the race there you know and i think This is something, and I touch wood when I say this because we know what they're like, but the FIA have actually been pretty consistent with the choices that they've been making regarding delaying races and bringing out safety cars. And, you know, in F1, they've also been very consistent with that break that we had in the uh, Formula One race on Sunday because of the rain. I think we should have had the same thing for the Formula Two sprint race because that rain was, I mean, they couldn't see anything. You know and the drivers must have been saying this these conditions are awful and when i saw you know the cars kind of spin around in the background it there was a bridge in the way with a massive aramco banner on it but i thought hmm. i could see the campus on top of the campus and i just thought oh my god i really hope that they're okay and luckily the halo you know did its job again and um saved both of them and you could see that <laughs> kush kind of got out of the car and was a you know, you could see him limping a little bit, and and I'm just glad that they were both okay. Um, but yeah, I think it was inevitable that we were going to get an accident like that, to be honest.
0: Aaron, do you think the, the FIA was surprised at the amount of spray that there was in the circuit? Did you think they, they maybe didn't
1: expect that amount of spray? I think in those conditions, you can expect that amount of spray. I, I, I disagree with Emily. I think the, I think it was okay to start the race there's nothing wrong with being cautious at all and there there is a point where you you can be cautious to the point of you know you just don't want to ever do anything I think there is some responsibility on the drivers I know Ralph Boschon was critical of the decision to start the race in those conditions I thought the conditions at the start were fine you know difficult tricky but it's a wet race it's going to be tricky if you're back in the pack it's going to be difficult I think what happened was because of the spray uh i'm not sure who i think i think it was miney and i'm not sure who he he made contact with they just they didn't afford it was crawford so they didn't afford enough room Mm -hmm. and enough margin for error um in a narrow part of the circuit as well so it, it was it was inevitable that there was going to be some form of collision and it was quite shocking the way it panned out and Obviously, thank goodness that both drivers are okay because one Ralph Boschung, could have been underneath that car and, and very seriously injured. Second of all, Kushmini could have rolled, he could have flipped, he could have hit something else. Um, he, well, he did hit the uh, the lights, the LED light that shows the the yellows and red flags mm. to the drivers. So yes, it was dangerous and yes it were, well I say dangerous. It was difficult conditions at the time. I don't think it was overly dangerous. But when they went back out after the safety, after the the red flag behind the safety car, it was torrential. You, You simply couldn't race in those conditions. So calling the race off, absolutely the right decision in the end
0: definitely and uh, obviously that's what I mentioned in the marshall's anyone trackside as well fans potentially so uh, yeah glad everyone is okay and that everyone walked away from that incident and obviously the result of that race meant that we had two new winners this weekend in the form of uh, in the form of Isaac Hajar and Clement Novalak get your words out Fraser uh, and the uh, at the last time the two drivers uh, obtained their first F2 win on the same weekend was the 2022 British Grand Prix weekend, Jack Doohan and Logan Sargent winning that weekend, and another stat for you uh, the last time that two different drivers from the same nationality won on the same weekend, 2017 in Monza, uh, Antonio Foco and Luca Giotto winning that weekend, at their home race as well in Monza obviously, so uh, yeah uh, Inside F2 providing all of the stats you need to get through the F2 weekend thank you to our stats man, Simone for those ones, Uh, just briefly then wrapping up uh, uh, Cordill, uh, record deal P8 in the feature race, his best result of the season. Uh, and Josh Mason, P15 Emily, which is his best result in a Formula 2 car. Uh, two two good performances by them. I'm sure they'll be very happy with their weekend's work, won't they?
2: Oh, definitely. I think, you know, it was due for Cordill to, you know, have a good result. Um, I feel like the last few races just really have not gone his way at all and it was i think i can't remember what race it was i think it might have even been silverstone when it was actually his oh. birthday and he dnf so i mean he's had his fair share of bad luck this year and again for josh you know we spoke to him a couple of weeks ago on the podcast here if you haven't listened to that episode go and check it out because it's very interesting but obviously we got a lot of insight from him On how you know it was for him stepping into an F2 car for the first time. So obviously, because we've spoken to him, we know him on a on a personal level now. Um, I'm I'm really glad that he managed to to get those results this week. He definitely deserved it.
0: A great plug, Emily. Doing my job for me. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) And guys, breathe. I think that's everything. I think we covered everything. There was an awful lot to cover there, wasn't there? What a competitive season it's been. As you say, Trident are the 10th team to win in Formula 2. 10 teams winning in Formula 2 this season shows how competitive it is. And the title battle is well and truly on as we move into the last two rounds of the season. That's all we've got time for today. My thanks to Aaron, to Emily and for you guys as well for joining us on today's show. If you've enjoyed the show, make sure you give it a like. Subscribe to hear more Formula 2 content. And get involved in the conversation on our social media channels we always love hearing your thoughts and opinions a bit from me Fraser Ford and all of us here at Inside F2 we'll see you next time